time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. What if there's a code that exists within you that you need to activate in order to thrive in life? Well, that's what we've been covering on the Thrivology podcast for since really the first of the year. Uh, During that time, we've talked about such things as taking on the challenge and how you can control what you can control and looking for the places of community and looking for the places where you can find your, your own place, your own path forward so that you have a thriving life. And today we want to continue that by talking about clarity. Or more often for people who are finding it hard to thrive, a lack of clarity. So what is it that you want to be clear about and how do we find that clarity? One of the interesting things for me is over the years, both in coaching and in therapy, how many times I would ask a question, which to me seemed like a very obvious question. And the person would say, I don't know. Many times I would be talking with a couple and I would say, you know, what do you want to do about this? How do you want to rebuild? How do you want to move forward? I, I, I don't know, they would tell me. I would ask, you know, is this a job that you're happy in? Is there this where you want to spend your time? I, I don't know, they would tell me. And what they were really doing was finding places to continue to be stuck. And so let me clarify for a minute that you don't always have to know. But sometimes I don't know is really I've gotten lost in the complication and I don't know how to untangle the complication. There's a lack of clarity there. So one of the things that I recognize for myself is that more and more as I age, I need to hold on to an I don't know attitude around certain things. That I need to have a questioning stance that maybe something is going to come along that's going to change my opinion about something, that I'm open to the possibility of change. I was talking about uh, this with somebody and the person said, well, you know, I just, I kind of think I'm right about that. And I said, of course you feel you're right about that. Otherwise you would change your opinion, right? I mean, when we, we feel like everything around us, we have it right, then there's no reason to change our opinion. And so part of our task in life is to say, is this where I want to stake my claim? Am I definite about this? And many times we stake our claim on things that maybe we're not so definite about. And so part of what I try to hold for myself is the possibility of questioning what's around me. Finding multiple sources, different sources of different viewpoints helps me to do that. And even though I don't do it perfectly, what I try to do is have some clarity on how I keep the question mark in my thoughts. But what I really want to note for you is how often that I don't know is really about confusion. And sometimes it's confusion because we don't want to do what we would have to do if we admitted clarity, (laughs) because there is a cost to clarity. There is a prize to clarity, and the prize is that we build into our life thriving, but the cost is that it calls us to action. What if we figure out what we need to be doing, how we need to be acting? Then we can't claim to not know. We have to move forward in what we do know. And so sometimes we hold on to the confused state because we would rather not move forward. And other times we hold on to that confused state because we truly 
are confused. And part of the Thrive Code around clarity is seeking clarity, seeking to clarify, seeking some sense of clarity. It's not that you always have to have clarity as much as a place where you're willing to seek clarity. It's kind of like truth. Whenever we believe we have truth, we've probably fooled ourselves in many ways. But the idea of seeking truth matters much more than that. Seeking truth means that we will continue to look for the best answer, the better answer than where we are now. There's another place that I see this come in, this lack of clarity, and that is because we tend to complicate things. So you can be confused or have clarity. You can be, make things complicated or seek clarity. And so part of our task is to begin to ask the questions of where we're stuck, of where we're lacking clarity, and then to seek clarity there. So let me clarify one more time that the, the Thrive Code is not about having absolute clarity. There's danger in that. But in seeking clarity and always being willing to find more clarity, more sense of clarity as we move forward. And that starts with questions. One of the things that I noticed as I began to think about this and, and talk with clients about this as, as part of the, the Thrive Code is they felt like they had to have all of the answers. That clarity was somehow saying, I already know. And so I want to once again clarify that in the Thrive Code, the task is to seek clarity. To seek clarity in all areas of our life so that we have some clarity on how we're going to move forward. Now, let me warn you. <laughs> we humans have this tendency to want to complicate things that seems to be built into our psychology. I learned this long ago. Uh, when I was uh, in my uh, teen years, I worked as a magician. And uh, one of the things that I fell in love with when I was uh, just, just I think I had just turned 11 or so, was, was magic. Uh, my father used to show me a trick that his father used to do. And so there was this multi-generational trick that passed through our family. And I just fell in love with this idea of making something look magical. And so I began to uh, visit the magic shop when we went on vacation. At that point, there was no uh, way of visiting near where we lived, and, and there was no internet way back then. So I couldn't just look things up. I'd have to go to the library and check out books on magic tricks and go to the magic shop and speak with the, the owner. And, and eventually, uh, he and I became good friends, and, and I spent a lot of time in his shop helping him to even run the shop sometimes. And through that, I learned a lot of psychology, probably more psychology in being a practicing magician than anything I learned in graduate school about how the mind operates and, and what happens when somebody sees something that mystifies them, how we react to it. One of the things that really struck me was how we humans had this natural tendency to make everything as complicated as, as possible. And I was interested in the psychology of the, the tricks long ago. I was probably 13 or 14 and reading the few books there were on why tricks fooled people and how you think about tricks and, and the psychology. And I was always caught with why humans, 
I can't think of another word, but fell for the trick, right? Why they were fooled by the trick. One of the things I always sought as I was a practicing magician was not to just trick somebody, right? Not to just show them something and go, ah, oh, I fooled you, but to make it look like I was really doing magic. But then I would break, I guess, what you would call the third wall and ask, do you know how I did that sometimes? Just because I was curious on what they had taken in. And this is where it always uh, kind of almost uh, was humorous to have people explain to me how they thought I did a trick. I remember there's this one trick. It was a, it's a very simple sleight of hand trick. So that meant that I was doing something they weren't aware I was doing with my hands, right? I was making an extra motion in this particular move that they weren't noticing. And so the, the little wand that I was using had this one extra little move that I did that would fool them into falling for this trick. So I would say, how did that happen, right? And they came up with the most ingenious inventions for this little wand, the wand that didn't move at all, had no moving parts. There was nothing built into it. There was nothing that moved around on the inside or on the outside or anywhere else. It was just a piece of plastic with some colors on it. That's all. But to hear them explain it, they would go into great detail on how they thought I had did it. I did the trick and, and what was going on on the inside. Same thing was true with a, a, another trick that I often did. Uh, you may be familiar with it's called cups and balls. It's another sleight of hand trick. There's nothing inherent in the cups. There's no trap doors or anything else that people would explain to me. It's just cups and balls. And the manipulation of that is what made it hopefully look like magic versus just a trick to fool you. But the explanations that came from that were astounding. What most people did was they took a very simple, direct trick and complicated it. And what I realized was we don't just do that with magic tricks. <laughs> we do it everywhere in life. We complicate things that sometimes don't need to be complicated. And part of the time, it's because we have so many things coming at us. We have competing wishes and values and desires that all come together at this certain point in our life. And it can sometimes feel very complicated in trying to move forward. And so we can either be immobilized by all of those pieces or we can seek clarity. That's really the important thing. When we complicate important things in our lives, we tend to do nothing. When left with no clarity, we tend to not act. When left with no direct path, no insights on how to move forward, we tend to not move at all. Which brings us back to my clients who would look at me and say, I don't know. Many times they had overcomplicated issues to the point that they could no longer find their path forward. So what do we do with that? Well, one of the ways that we can seek some clarity is to begin to think about kind of our value stack. I've talked about this in other podcasts, but our value stack of what's more important, this or this. We, we have multiple values coming at us at any one time. And sometimes it's confusing to somebody who is in relationship with you to see that there is a competing 
value because they only see the value you lived out, not the values you struggled through, that you thought through before choosing that. For instance, for me, and I'll speak for myself and you can decide how to do that. I think that relationships should always be more important than stuff. That doesn't mean that I don't have stuff. Doesn't mean that I don't keep acquiring stuff. But I try to remember that when I'm making a decision, what's more important is the relationships. So one of my measurements of value stacking is, is the relationship going to be impacted by the stuff? And if there's a choice to be made, can I err on the side of relationship? Another place that I think about that is in terms of finding something that's meaningful versus distracting. Now, let me be clear. (laughs) I can waste time just like anyone else. I can spend time scrolling through on some app or playing some game that you know, really has no value that's going to be redeemed, or I can read a book that really makes no sense in my long-term scope of life. But generally, when I'm trying to allocate my time, not when I'm trying to take a break, but when I'm allocating my time, my emphasis, I try to move towards things that are going to give me a sense of purpose that there are going to be a sense of meaning to it. And one of the traps that we live in today is that we are surrounded by more distraction than has ever been in history. Our ancestors would not have had time to be distracted in their process of living in a day. You had to spend all your energy getting food and staying safe and being warm and, and protecting those you love. Now we have an abundance of time and abundance of distractions. And because of that, sometimes instead of focusing on what's meaningful, we stay in distraction mode. Again, let me be clear. It's okay to be distracted sometimes. It's okay to sit down and watch TV sometimes. It's okay to be entertained sometimes. But when I have a choice to make... I want to make sure that I err on the side of what brings me meaning versus what just distracts me. Another area is similar. It's, is something fulfilling me? Am I looking for fulfillment or am I just filling the space? Fulfillment or filling the space? Am I engaged in things that bring me fulfillment? Or am I just trying to fill the space of time so that I don't get bored? Boredom, I think, is our brain saying, hey, I need, I need some more challenge. We talked about this in my uh, comments about challenge at the very first of the year. But I think sometimes boredom is our brain saying, hey, let's do something that makes a difference. And what we often say in reply is, hey, let's do this instead. <laughs> let's just fill the space. So when I'm trying to seek some clarity in my life, I use some of those measurements. Is this about relationship or stuff? Is it about meaning or distraction? Is it about fulfillment or just filling space? So one of the things that is helpful for me is to think about what I need to be open to in order to find some clarity. 
And for me, one of the beginning points to finding clarity is always the questions. Am I questioning my life to ask, have I complicated this? Am I missing something? Is there something that matters more? Is there something more important to this? That's the questions that we can always have in our head to help us move forward. Another is be open to changes. Most of us don't like change. And yet, change is inescapable. So be open to the fact that there are changes that are coming. I can look back and see the moments of change in my life. The changes of, for instance, finding someone to love and commit to. The changes of going off for more training and education. The changes of stepping into the workforce, of having kids, of having kids grow up. Changes of challenges of health and uh, of changes in the world around us, in the environments around us. And those changes keep happening, the changes that come along with aging. The fact is that even if we miss it on a daily basis, there's change going on with us. And if we lose track of that too long, we can lose clarity because we're trying to think in ways that we thought before when the changes have moved us to something new. That's the other thing that I focus on is what are the new phases where I might need new clarity. As I move through my career, the clarity I had at one point no longer worked at the next phase. There are new phases in many areas of your life. A new phase for me is watching as it takes a little longer for me to recover physically after a you know, a heavy workout, something like that. And so the clarity I had about my goals of health are going to change over time. They will for you too. And finally, one place that I always find clarity is when I focus on growth. That underlying it all, we're here to keep learning from, from really from birth to death. That this whole process is our growth, our self-knowledge, our understanding, our moving forward. So here's some questions that you can use to help clarify, to seek clarity. Remember, I didn't say that you would have clarity, but that you are seeking clarity. And sometimes it comes in degrees. The first question is, what brings you joy and makes a difference in the world? We know that those two things are powerful when put together. That that brings you joy and that makes a difference in the world, ends up being your mission, your purpose. And when you have a mission and a purpose, you have clarity that many people have missed. The second thing is, how do you separate your work resume from what David Brooks called your eulogy resume? And that's to think through. How do you want to be remembered? (laughs) What would you like people to say? At your eulogy. That's why he calls it the eulogy resume. What would you like them to say about you? And are you working on building that? So they'll have that to say. Are you working on establishing what that resume looks like? You have clarity in that. If you were to sit down and say, what do I want to be remembered for? The answers you come up with, that's clarity. You can seek the clarity of that by challenging that. The third place is to create spaces for that reflection. I really reflect on where I am and where I'm going twice a year. 
Uh, once at the kind of the wrap up of the year, when I'm thinking about what is the word that I'm going to live in into the new year, I don't really make too many resolutions. But I do think about that one word that I'm going to live into. And then another time I do it is at my birthday. I always talk about is, you know, that one more trip around the sun and ask the question, what's this next trip around the sun by thinking about where that last trip was. And so I use those two times to think through what clarity do I have and where do I need more clarity. And part of that is by creating environments around you. When we're always surrounded by stimulation, by electronic devices and, and by media and by everything else around us, we tend to lose our clarity. We tend to have less room in our mind for clarity. The more the noise is on the outside, the more it's on the inside. So to find environments where you can do that reflection. Many times for me, that point of clarity is paddleboarding somewhere quiet, being on the water alone, and watching nature unfold around me and realizing just where I sit and all of creation. What's my, my space in that? And so then we build in places where we can do reflection. And in the process of that, we've created the space and the time to reflect on where we need it. And the fourth thing is to plan around certain areas. If you need some clarity, trim it down to the areas that you think will matter. For me, I plan around relationships. I plan around my health. I plan around my career and my contribution. How do I want to give back? With those four areas... If I can find clarity in those areas, often the rest of the pieces fall together. Remember to seek clarity. That's your task. Not to have clarity, but to seek clarity. The only way we ever get to the point where we have clarity is because we started off on the journey to seek it. So the code for thriving this week is seek clarity. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to build your thriving life. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.